0: Coming up, a Q&A with the Haunted Attraction Association's Board of Directors. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip. And this Q&A session was recorded live at Transworld immediately following the 2022 State of the Industry presentation. We aired the full State of the Industry presentation on Monday. Check back in our feed for that if you want to listen. In today's episode, you'll hear the board of directors take questions from the audience on a range of topics from logistics to staffing, the war's impact, and whether demand will stay strong. While I snipped a few things out for continuity, this remains mostly unedited. Just keep in mind the audio level is a little wonky as some people don't have mics. The first question has to do with whether chaos would move online or not. And here's Spencer to answer.
1: Great question. So we've talked about it. We're in the process of trying to figure out how to do that. Um, Obviously the goal is to train as many people as possible through chaos. Online is the easiest way to do that. Um, that said, what we also know is that there is, uh, for those of you that have been through chaos, there is a shared experience as you talk about how can, we can do this together, that we are trying to figure out how do we still keep that while still doing it online. But it's coming. The idea is as part of, we looked at for 2022 and 2023, 2023 of moving not just for MHC, but also to other conferences as well where we can do some chaos certification for those as well. That's the idea is that eventually we'll be able to move into that direction. But until then, we're at least able to do the recertification. And then we do have, um, we're hoping to also do one credit hour that'll be an online training that'll happen hopefully by this year as well. So that will be, um, re- the recertification is going to be some safety training for sexual harassment, uh, makeup, and just a few ways that we can connect a couple of dots that we usually don't have time to talk about live. So thank you, though. Good question. Brett, anything else that you want to add to that as the chaos director? Oh, thank out. you, Brett. <laughs> it's Transworld's always such a whirlwind because there's so many things happening at one time. So any other questions?
0: Um, you mentioned a scream zine. Are we supposed to automatically be receiving that?
1: Yeah, so you can sign up for our magazine online. John is not up here. He's one of our marketing guys. Um, John's getting ready for Oscars. But you can go to hauntedattractionassociation.com. You can sign up for the email. Just, the, just sign up for that generally. Um, if you're a member, you're going to get a lot more screen zines. Those are our monthly emails. because so we have member-specific ones, but then we have industry-wide ones that we'll also send out to the
2: general mailing list as well. So, first- so this is a question for all you board members that have run Hound Houses for a long period of time. Obviously, 2021 was a record-breaking year for a lot of attractions. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of puffing their chests out, but it was really due to a lot of pent-up demand. And do we feel that that is going to continue into 2022 or are we going to be in for a rude awakening? Um, I'm ready. (laughs) ready. ready. I I think actually the the future is actually really bright. Um, I just did a a whole class on the, like just before this, on the positives from COVID. Um, From haunts that I've, I've been haunting a long time, from haunts that I've been at, it seems like a lot of customers are on a three year cycle where they come to your haunt once every three years. I do think that some haunts missed and we had a double up a little bit in some cases that only accounts for like a 33% increase. And I think many haunts were over that. Um, I think that there are a multitude of factors that go into this, but I think that we've had a bit of a paradigm shift as far as the public. More people working from home, means that they control their Friday night and when they get out of the office. Um, More people working from home means that they're sick of watching their screen and they want to go out and do something. Movie theaters are down between 70 and 90%. Going to the movies, which was a competition for something to do on the weekend, not as big of a factor until they fundamentally change their experience. People have reached the end of Netflix during lockdown. Like, they watched everything they wanted to watch. <laughs> now we're only competing with the new stuff, and that's actually a big deal. Yeah. If we're only competing with the new stuff, then they can watch that during the week. So I think, and those are a lot of really tiny little factors, but I think that they all add up. You also have a lot more people doing what they want with their time. That's part of the labor shortage, but there's, there's, I, would, I just did an hour on this. I think we're great.
1: Anyone else? Thanks, Al. Do we all concur? He said it all? Yeah. 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 I think in general, people are tired of looking at their screens and they want to do something live and they want it immersive. We happen to provide that. Um,
2: Another huge note is mental health. Lots of studies have come out in the past couple of years because of lockdown, because of COVID, that horror and dark experiences, help us prepare for those things and handle them better. The more the world sucks, the more the world needs haunted houses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment. (laughs) Thanks, Bruce. Other questions? One of the email questions that we had is, How does the industry deal with war? Should war happen? Copy and paste Alan's comment. Um, I think that there's been, you know, some folks have been in the industry for 20, 30 plus years, and there's obviously been a lot of things happening during that time. In general, numbers dip a little bit, but they always come right back up. And I think very similarly that the entertainment industry in general is needed about how we cope and how we get over things and also how we have fun and we remember what it's like to be human, to have a human experience. Um, that said, you know, there, there's a lot coming that we don't really know about and I think we'll all have to, I mean, no one, has a, no one has a crystal ball to be able to look at it, but I think it's something that we'll be able to at least get through, but do you guys have anything specific you want to add about, for those of you that have been around for a really long time, things, you know, specifically that have helped you get over those hurdles. 9-11? I
2: do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the, the day it happened, I, I called Spencer and he and I had a, a pretty good talk as far as uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Like the day that that happened, we, we yeah. started talking. And uh, I started chasing down rabbit holes. Um, it seems like red states did not have a huge dip with Desert Storm started and happened you uh, threw the whole thing. Blue States had a minor dip in the beginning and recovered. Um, and this this is only from like a sixteen haunt sample who I knew had been open that long. And I could talk to their owners. One of the reasons for the association is so that we're all together, and we all have that high brain. So twenty years from now, this question's easier to answer. 9 um, eleven, uh, um, there was a dip. There was a significant dip in sales. Uh, the year of 9-11, that happened in September. If we have learned anything from COVID, it's how quickly we can forget a massive tragedy and get on with our lives. And luckily, this, luckily, shouldn't happen at all, but it did happen not real close to haunt season starting. Uh, September 11th is, is there, like that's at the beginning, so fresh on the brain. Um, I think now there's enough of a lead time world events, I think we're gonna be okay. I think, I don't see a significant dip happening this year from what's happening at the level it's happening in Ukraine. Judge, it was working. So I'm just letting you know, in uh, 9-11 I was up, Desert Storm I was up, COVID I was up, I was up up this year, not not 20% like everybody, but steady. I remember the last time gas prices were $4 and who the president was. But I'm just saying, and, and I was scared to death, and I was up. I think that people are going to make these gas prices decisions. I'm not going to the beach for a week because I can't afford the gas. But they're not going to give up a night at your haunted house. And if you entertain them when they came, they're coming back. Um, for COVID, what i seen was I did four or 5,000 people that had never been to my home. That was kind of shocking. And for them to see my home, and I think they thought it was black plastic walls. And when they came and seen the home, I know they're coming back, so I think this year across the board will be up.
1: Other questions? About five minutes left, we're going to do that before we head up to Oscars. Yes? What advice is the board giving out as far as um, staffing issues? Good question. So the question is, um, what advice do we have about staffing issues? Anyone specifically want to cover that? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know there's got to be. There's,
1: Alan definitely had a, it. Was a good year. Go ahead. Michael. Go ahead.
0: We
2: like to hear you talk. I'm say the same thing we're saying. Well, uh, we early on uh, in in speaking with Jen about classes here, like we shaped classes here in order to make sure we had classes that covered labor shortage, turning one actor into a legion. Um, Several. We've done several classes that cover it and touch on those notes, um, but one of the things that a couple highlights. All right. From from that, make sure that your haunt is someplace that someone that people want to work. Offer an increase in pay before people start leaving. I think I don't think that's a bad idea to do that preemptive strike, um, and there's a ton of building techniques and acting techniques that I would be happy to give you. The labor shortage is mostly a shortage of people who are willing to do bad jobs for little pay. We have a job that people want to do. I think we'll be all right. But I do think there's gonna be some flack with we are kind of in a low, we pay on the low end of the scale. Awesome products out there on the show floor. As you're doing that, and investing in your show on the show floor, remember how important your actors and your people are and try to invest in them in a similar fashion. I'm not just saying dollars, it's also time and energy because the way the world is right now, they need your emotional energy and support as much as they need financial. They may not know it or admit it, but they do. And the families that haunts provide for a lot of people who don't have them is massive and make sure you're welcoming to everyone, and then we're gonna 100% get through this through the labor shortage. It's not as big a deal as we think. I think because of the kind of workplace that we are.
1: At some point in time, all of us in our lives can remember where we were not part of a group, we were left out of a group, we didn't get to fit in for whatever that was. And A lot of us now as operators, we have a culture on our properties where we are inclusive. We do create that culture. There may be a base pay financially, but there's an incentive pay. Some of us are feeding those staff as well. There's other ways that you can show and give your love, and that is going to have leaps and bounds. I, mean, I think at this point we're seeing that, sure money is part of the equation, but it's not the entire equation. There's a much bigger need that's out there. and As haunted houses are doing and giving a lot for our customers, we should also be doing and giving a lot to our staff. That's ultimately our biggest asset. So, say that again? The relationship with Transworld. How are we doing? Yeah, we're two separate organizations. Yep. And are, are we parallel? Do they cooperate really good? Do we see a better future? Good question. So for those of you, a lot of people think that the HAA and the HAAshow.com are the same. We're actually two completely different organizations. We are obviously an operating organization. Um, Transworld, is its own uh, privately owned organization. Uh, but we do work really well together. This is where the majority of the world comes together. This is where we collectively come together and so because of that, we make sure that we show up to make sure our events are for our membership which is the biggest group collectively. Um, I think there's plenty, there's some really great growth for Transworld. Obviously, this year is a really good example of it. The show keeps growing. Uh, even next year, looking at how, I mean, for those of you that haven't seen the signs, the building's gonna be under construction. That's a problem because it's gonna be, you know, we've got a couple of months of literally construction time. So it's gonna to have to move to February. It is what it is. We'll be here. It's still gonna be a good show. Uh, we'll do what we can. So, but I think overall, uh, the board has also worked really hard in building a better bridge in how we can support each other um, independently so that we can be for our membership first and, uh, and do what we can. So we'll continue to have what we, events we have here. They'll be here. Um, we obviously were at MHC last year. We're going to try to continue being in, and represent HAA in more conferences as well. So,
2: Alan. Uh, j- just a quick note. I'm on the board because I care about haunted houses. And if I didn't think everybody on the board cared about haunted houses as much as I do, then I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be on it. I think the core of our relationship with trans world, like the root of it, is that in order for trans world to do well, haunted houses have to do well. You're seeing that on the show floor. Our job as a board is to make sure haunted houses are doing well. If, if haunted houses, and you get out of the board what you, what you ask of the board. If you are struggling and you have issues, come to us, that's our job. And then we try to make haunted houses better, And then that makes Transworld better. So there's a very symbiotic relationship there. I think that if it gets political, you can clash. But just remember that I think Transworld wants haunted houses to do well, and we want haunted houses to do well.
0: Okay, that's it for the Q&A. Links to all the resources mentioned, including the State of the Industry presentation and slideshow, are in the full show notes. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Luis Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant.